夢にまで見たような世界で争いもなく平和に暮らしたい「もう我慢ばかしてらんないよ言いたいことは言わなくちゃ」「帰り道夕暮れのバス停落ち込んだ背中にバイバイバイ君の」Question is, are all of my animals going to let me podcast? Because this this is important to me,、uh, and I feel like my animals should recognize that and not try to yell at me or be naughty while I'm recording my podcast. Clearly, the answer is no, and then you must assert <laughs> yourself as the mistress of the household. <laughs> Apparently, I I guess I should just like start tackling my cats or something. I I don't know. I don't really know how this works. <laughs> just just be like really good at staring them down. I I can do that. Here, let me. Leo, look at me. Hey, hey Leo. He's not even looking at me. He he's he's busy staring at the door. He wins this round. <laughs> He does win this round. <laughs> Oh my god.、Uh, I, I think, hopefully,、uh, hopefully we should have better energy this week. Not that last week was bad, because it was just, like you said in the show, we very much hit the energy last week of recording on like, an, another day while still recording on the same day we normally record our podcast. <laughs> Which, very specific energy, but you know. I, I, we're entering this, this energy, this podcast, this episode with the energy of hockey pants. So I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's gotta be worth something, right? Yeah. Let's just get right into it with the power of hockey butt. <laughs> Let's get into it with the power of hockey butt. You are listening to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co host, Senna. And I'm your co host, Sam. And we're starting off this week with episode 118,、uh, otherwise known as. You know, you know, I might skip the intro this time just because it really does spoil the hype of the episode.、Uh, are, are you cool with that, Sam? Sure. Let's just keep the second half of the, of the title The Power That Breaks Everything. So, I am skipping the first half. The second half of the title is The Power That Breaks Everything. I just want to mention last season finale, we were asked if there was a thing in this season that we were particularly excited for. 
Mine was this episode. <laughs> it was worth the excitement. I can say this with confidence. So here we are, back again, and we're right in the thick of it as Hikaku fights the 13th Aronkar, Edrad Leones. Ikaku asks why he doesn't use his Zanpakuto, and Edrad tells him that Aronkar have a special protective skin which swords can't penetrate. It's called Hyra, which is spelled like... It's like Hierophant, except there's two R's, not one. Uh, so it, it's H-I-E-R-R-O, Hyro. Edrad claims that his bare hands are enough, and Ikaku lunges and, like, immediately fucking proves him wrong, because the Aronkar's like, oh shit, and he just, like, draws his sword. What's like specifically, Ikaku goes in with his sword to slash, but he's also pushing on it with his other hand with his scabbard. So, yeah. so he's like, oh, I've seen enough uh, sword fighting anime to know that if you do that, you're going to cut my arm off. So he has to draw his sword <laughs> to block. It's really good. I, I'm a big fan of whenever a villain in a show is like, ha, you're not even worth my time. I am i don't even have to draw my sword. Why am I shifting into a British accent? Uh, I don't even have to draw my sword. And <laughs> then like immediately just being like, oh shit, I have to draw my sword. It's, it's so fucking good. Um, I- Ikaku notes... Edrad's awareness of which attacks will actually cause damage, and the Arankar scoffs at the prospect of being forced to use his Zanpakuto. Ikaku says he'll even let Edrad release it. Kago's just, like, on the sidelines, like, okay, what the hell is happening? Who are these people? I just want to go home. This is too much. And Yubichka's like, well, buddy, that's Ikaku. He's from Squad 11, like I am. And he's the second strongest man on that squad. So, you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna fight. And Kago's like, oh, wait, I recognize you too. <laughs> so why aren't you helping him? And Yumichu's just like, buddy, Ikaku's having fun. We do one-on-one here. This is Bleach. And Kago's just like, I don't really get it, but okay. <laughs> he's like, what? Okay, but what if he dies? And meanwhile, while th- while this is happening, like Ikaku is having an incredible fight in the background, uh, like it's just some really cool high speed stuff, and it looks great. And you because are like, listen, if he dies in a fight, I'd be happy for him. He'd die happy. Yeah. Like <laughs> King was like, what is happening? Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> Ikaku's just having the time of his life. And he's just, like, fighting this Arankar, who thinks Ikaku to be naive for his fighting style. Uh, and the specific fighting style is that Ikaku's u- using his sword in the left hand and defending with his scabbard in the right hand. Um, and Edra just hits Ikaku in the face, noting that he can find the openings because Ikaku's only going to attack with his left. Uh, Ikaku turns in midair, and Edra prepares for the attack coming from the left. But it turns out, Ikaku is a master and switched hands and now has his sheath in the left hand and lands a big blow with his right hand and even breaks parts of Edrad's mask. And he's like, damn, I missed. I intended to cut your head off. And then he's like saying this while he's holding his sword and his scabbard out in front of them, like out in front of his head. And he's just like swapping between his hands and this weird like gremlin motion. And it's so funny. 
<laughs> He's just like tricked it, didn't I? <laughs> and Eldrad's like, oh, what the fuck? Who? This guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. God. Um. So, Eldrad sees this as deception, and he's like, you are making me think the attacks were predictable. How could you? And, like, he's right. It is deception, but, you know, I think that's kind of sexy of Yukaku. Like, I think that's pretty good. Um, Edred cr- criticizes this style as, like, haphazard and risky, and Ikaku doesn't fight to win. He fights as if he's killing- uh, he fights as if killing is a game. He's doing this for fun. Uh, Ikaku then makes, like, a face, like he's got something in his mouth, and he reaches in there, and he pulls out two teeth, and he's like, oh, well, that fist of yours sure knocked out some of my teeth. It's okay, I'll get Akon to make me some replacements later. Yeah, Ikaku is just having the time of his life, like, throughout this entire episode. It's great. It's so good. Uh, he then, like, starts stretching and is like, well, you ready for round two, buddy? I, I, you know, I, I, I've got your moves down pretty well. I figure about four, five, maybe six exchanges. You're gonna be forced to release your Zanpakuto. So, you know, take that as you will. And Edren's just like, it would appear I've underestimated you. <laughs> Maybe I should just release my blade. Maybe I should just do that. And Ikaku's like, oh, so you're acknowledging that I'm strong. And Edred's just like, no, no, that's that's not it. Definitely not. Uh, you just need to be taught a lesson. Yes, that's right, a lesson. For thinking that fighting on a wrong car would be fun. You need to feel fear. And then he calls his blade uh, by saying, Awaken Volcanica. Uh, which, Volcanica, kind of a dumb name, but I do kind of love it, honestly. I mean, it's fitting. <laughs> it is It is fitting. Uh, his mask shatters, as does his sword, and then he bursts into flame. Uh, he's grinning this whole time, and, like, lava, like, appears out of no- nowhere to just, like, harden and form new armor, which gives him really big arms and really big shoulders. Um, and I'm gonna be real... His armor looks really stupid. I, I kind of love it. I, I think it looks really dumb, but, like, in the way where I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it, like, it, it's a, it's fine. The parts that appear around his head make him look, like, really stupid. But yeah. his ar- his arms are fine. It's just, he looks a lot more like a, like, he looks a lot more like a regular hollow when he does this. Uh, which I think is interesting. It, it is definitely interesting. I, I, I like this part a lot. I just think his face looks very silly, particularly with that mask. Um, so Ikaku seems surprised by this. And Edred's like, this is what the, <laughs> this is what the Arakars call the release of the Zanpakuto. And Keiga's just like, okay, okay, this is bad, right? This is so bad. And Yumishka's just like, I'm going to furrow my brow and look serious, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Edred tells Ikaku that he remembers Ikaku telling his name to the men he intends to kill, and then introduces himself in full. Arankar Tres. Edred Leones. Meanwhile, uh, we get Grimjow, who's just like looming over Ichigo and Rukia, and like floating very slowly down to the ground. And when he lands, it, the the ground just, like, shakes. Like, it is an earthquake, essentially. 
um, Rukia just like kind of shudders at his spiritual pressure. Um, and it's, it's like a really nice touch here. I think that he's so powerful that even after he lands, like both Ichigo and Rukia's like, um, fuck, what's the, what's the word for their like clothing again? Shit. I, I'm a bleach fan. I should know this. Yeah, just call it a gi. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that. Um, they're both like still rustling as if there's like a bunch of wind, but it no, it's all just Grim Jow's power. Um, and I, I do want to mention to anyone listening, it, I know it's not called a gi. Don't like come into my mentions about this. Yeah, I also <laughs> know it's not called that, but you know we make do with what we have. Um, so it the ground is shaking. They're not geese, are fluttering in the wind. Uh, and Rukia just, like, shudders, wondering if he's not the same. or Like, he's not the same as the Aronkar she took down earlier, which, negative points for, once again, kind of undercutting Rukia. But... She, she's like, damn, this guy's actually strong. <laughs> the guy I beat up was a fucking weakling. Come on, Rukia. Come on, Rukia, give yourself some credit. Um, Grimjow smiles and stares as Rukia fears the difference in their power. And then he asks which of the two of them is stronger. Rukia, like, out of fear, basically, uh, orders Ichigo to retreat, is like, we have to both get out of here. This guy's too strong. Uh, and as she's saying this, she gets stabbed in the stomach by Grimjow's hand. And he's like, I guess this isn't the one. And he just tosses her aside like nothing. Uh, I I have mixed feelings on this specifically just because it's Rukia who, after immediately getting undercut for having a really cool takedown of an Arankar, is now getting stabbed and put immediately out of commission again. So, like, that's cool, Bleach. I guess you do you. Yeah, it's like you literally just took the time to be like, listen... She's as strong as any seated officer. <laughs> yeah, it's mm, not great. Not great, Bleach. Uh, negative points for this one. Uh, I do think Grimjow, like, tossing her aside is, like, kind of cool in the this is a big bad villain way, and that makes a character we care about seem small. I just really wish it wasn't Rukia. So... Ishiko runs to attack, and Grimjow just simply smiles, and then we cut back to the fight between Edrad and Ikaku. As Edrad explains, an Arankar Zanpakuto has, quote, the nucleus of our power sealed into the sword. I think that's uh, a cool explanation. I think, like, using the word nucleus is a an interesting choice, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> And it's like, he says, and this is, and because of this, we're different from the Shinigami. And I know what he means is, essentially, they lock their true form and their true power into the sword. And then when they release the sword, they transform back into, like, more, less human-like hollows. That's, like, the thing. Yeah. But, it, but it's not, like, the fact that the core of their power is locked inside the sword is also kind of true for Shinigami. Like, yeah, that's how their swords work. Yeah, it, it's just, like, I think, well, I, I understand what you said, and I agree with you. Uh, he does, like, specifically go on to say it's different 
as the release of the Zanpakuto signifies the release of ourselves uh, and our power. So it, it, it is essentially like, it. yes, inside an Arankar's blade is their true form. Like, it, it is more hollow-like, but it is their true form. Um, he asks if Yukaku understands, because this appearance is the real me. <laughs> and... My real, true strength lies in this form. And then he launches a fireball that just, like, levels a street. Yeah, it goes, <laughs> it goes, like, three kilometers down. It, it, it's sick, don't get me wrong. It's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, and Yubichka's like, okay, hold on, I gotta make a call. And he just pulls out his soul pager. Uh, and he's like, okay, listen, so the enemy's power has kind of magnified to unexpected levels, uh, shall we say. Uh, I'm gonna request an area freeze around Ikaku for, like, 300 meters or so. I think that should be good. Um, his request is, like, granted here. Uh, and then he, like, keeps on going and is like, okay, so the deal is several souls probably gonna get entangled into this. Like, it's probably gonna be a shit show, just to let you know. Uh, as for damage to buildings, just take that out of our mission allowance. You know, yes, just like usual. Yes, just mission allowance. Yes. Uh, and really, I, I think we can all agree here, the safety of the souls is priority. Uh, also, all of the other people who are currently fighting, uh, I'm going to name them out individually in case you forgot Soul Society. Um, just, uh, yes, same area freeze around them too. Yes, do that. Uh, oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. Uh, prepare a squad funeral for Ikaku. <laughs> I fucking love this entire exchange. And Michika's like, hey, human, hold on. I need to make a call. And then he calls home and he's just like, um, yeah, we're going to need this. We're going to need this. Um, turns out they're stronger than we thought. You know what? Law of dramatic irony. Like, or like law of dramatic effect. Almost certainly the other ones will also transform. So, you know, put an area freeze around them too. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I think my favorite part about this exchange is that he doesn't even say anything to Keigo, like, before making the call. Like, he sees the street leveled by this giant amount of flame, and he just picks up his phone, he's like, alright. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Keigo asks if Yumichika thinks Ikaku is going to die then, because, you know, he requested a funeral. And we see the man continue to get pummeled as Edred laughs and brags about his power. And the animation in this scene, especially, uh, like, going forward for a little bit, is just insanely good. It's so good. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a really fun, it, it is a bit horrifying, because it's mostly Ikaku being a punching bag, but also, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it looks fucking great. Uh, after, like, taking a few more hits, Ikaku regains consciousness in midair, and he, like, does this cool maneuver where he, like, flips to his feet in midair, and, like, it's as if he's sliding across the ground while still in midair, uh, and it's so good, it's so cool. Um, he puts his, sh he puts the hilt of his sword to the end of the scabbard, and he exclaims, extend Hozukimaru, and releases his Shikai, which, if you've forgotten, is basically a Naginata pole arm. Uh, so it, it's like a, a pole with a blade at the end. Um, and he takes another hit and falls to the ground. Uh, 
and he is not moving. So Edred floats down and is like, I wonder if that's it. I wonder if it's over. Uh, and he lands, and Ikaku starts to get back up, and Edred's like, oh, I guess not. Well, uh, hold on, let me prepare some monologue. Uh, knowing when it's over is also a fine trait for a warrior. <laughs> uh, he says he doesn't want to have to beat Ikaku to a pulp, and fire starts burning from one of the holes in his shoulders, uh, and his, like, left fist glows orange. Uh, and Ikaku smiles while the attack starts to come in, and we see a huge burst of flame, uh, that, like, the force, it's not that the flame is hitting them, but the force of it knocks Yumichika and Keigo back a little bit. And as the smoke clears, we see that Ikaku is, like, holding the fist with his back. Like, he took the punch, and he is holding the fist up with his back. And he's, also, like... Also, his Zenbakuto is, like, completely shattered and in pieces. Oh, yeah. Big time. He says he didn't expect this much power. And I guess it can't be helped. Nobody will notice if I use it in a place like this. Watch carefully and don't tell anyone, he says, before finally calling out Bankai. Uh, and this is, this is the reason I didn't put the title in, the, like, the whole title in it. Because it straight up just says Ikaku's Bankai, and it's like... Good for the Bleach fans who know what's coming and, like, are excited as shit. Because, like, you see that title and it's like, yeah, yeah! Uh, it, it's also just, like, why do you gotta just tell me this is the episode with Ikaku's Bankai? Just let it happen. <laughs> Wind swirls around him and his polearm, causing some nearby destruction to, the, like, the buildings and, like, the uh, telephone cables. Because, like, he cuts one, and straight up, it goes out right towards Keigo, who's just like, oh god, that's electricity. You'll notice uh, Yumichika <laughs> does no motion to help him. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Yumichika sees that he's finally using this, and a tornado swirls around, uh, around Ikaku, with purple-black electricity emanating out. Did, did you say Bonkai? Asks Edrad, and Ikaku's like, yes, that's what I said. I said Bankai. Are you happy? <laughs> and the wind clears enough for us to see his smile, and then we see his blade, which is two hulking rounded slabs of bladed metal with red pelts attaching them to weighted, uh, to weighted and chained hilts. Uh, the chains connect to an even bigger rounded slab that rests on his back and depicts a dragon. And this is his Bankai. Ryuman Hozokimaru. My, my favorite thing about this whole part is that Edred just goes, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, there's, there's more to this. Okay, alright. I'm into it. <laughs> like, obviously it's not supposed to be taken in the way where it's like, oh, wow, that's cool, dude. It, it's supposed to be, oh, that's, that's a lot. But it's just the fact that he says... That's pretty awesome. <laughs> he just gets me. Uh, Ikaku tells him it's too soon for him to be impressed. Uh, Edred's fist burns, and Ikaku tells him to decide if it's awesome or not after he's dead. The two clash once more, and Ikaku cuts through his armored fist. Actually, both of them. Edred notes it's a bankai of sheer power, and it does nothing for Ikaku's defense. 
but it is incredibly destructive. Holding the dragon embedded slab, we, we can see now that part of the dragon, starting at the tail, is now glowing red and sizzling with power. Uh, he begins to twirl the chained slabs around him as Edred tells himself he will surpass this strength and kill Ikaku. Wind forms at Ikaku's feet, and Edrad notices an increase in power. So Ikaku explains. Hozukimaru sleeps, even after Bankai. As the battle goes on, and he exchanges vicious blows with the opponent, Hozukimaru begins to awaken. So Ikaku has to force Hozukimaru to wake, or the true power of his Bankai won't manifest. This is what the now growing amount of red on the dragon represents. When it's all red, for the first time, Ryumon Hozukimaru unleashes his strength. I kind of love that this Bankai is just a fighting game, like, meter, basically. It really is. And he's like, oh, he hasn't realized that my power is going up. All right, I'm just going to stand in the corner and charge then. Don't mind me filling up my key bars. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's so funny. I... I love this. I, this episode, more than, like, most episodes, uh, which, by the way, there's, like, one more sentence, which is, as he says this, the dragon fills, and the two let out one final clash, resulting in a huge explosion, and then the episode ends. Um, I My favorite part about all of this is just that this really, more than anything, made me want a Bleach fighting game done by, like, Arc System Works, like... I, I, I saw this meter, and I was like, oh, right, he just has fighting game meter. And I'm like, they could do something really cool with this in a fighting game, and now I really want that. Yeah, press all four buttons, his health starts dropping, and his meter starts rising. Yeah, just make him an ABBA clone from Guilty Gear Plus R. Just do that, and he'll be fine. <laughs> or Nagoriyuki. Is it Nagoriyuki? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That guy. That would be cool, too. That would be really cool. Uh, overall, aside from, like, e- even though I had mixed feelings on it, uh, like, aside from the Grimjow bit, good episode. Good-ass episode. Yeah, honestly, just, I am glad that this episode is as good as I was remembering it. I was really excited for it, and it's it was a blast. Yeah, no, I, I had a great time this entire episode. Uh, aside from the Grimjow stuff, but... Uh, do you want to do post-credits or manga first? Because I, I think, I I forget this every fucking week, but I think we've been doing post-credits first? Yes, we always do post-credits first. Okay. Always. Literally every time. I, well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not claim to have the world's greatest memory. I literally forgot what the fuck the, the clothing the Soul Reapers wear is called. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a word that's sh- that's a word that's shown up like twice in a series so far I, in a I, different I, language. <laughs> I'm looking that's up much Soul more, Reaper garb. That's much more comprehensible. Uh, it, it is called a shihakusho, the garment of dead souls. So the post credit scene is Renji is talking to Byakuya, and he's like, "Hey, I'm not going to be here, so." Please don't be like Mayuri and, like, go to my place at, to my meetings. Like, th- there's a <laughs> lieutenant's meeting. Don't fucking go to it. Please, I beg you. And Byakuya is just like, well, you know, it's my job to attend these meetings as uh, as your captain. 
Like I, I am responsible job. for my lieutenant. Like I have to do this. <laughs> and Reggie's like, fine, fuck. Wait, you're not planning on going to the women's association meeting just because Ruki is not here, are you? <laughs> and then Byakuya smiles. <laughs> what the- <laughs> it's 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 good in that it doesn't revel in the joke. It it it, it just like he smiles and it's over and it got a chuckle out of me and you know that's all I need from these sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I really like this uh this one. This one uh, was good. As for the manga notes, um, so you know how the we've got like some Ikaku stuff and then it kind of like re- like it really awkwardly like suddenly jarringly cuts to Grimjow and then it cuts back to Ikaku ran- like immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that in the manga as well. No change. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> there, there's basically no change between the manga and the anime, except for there's a couple of, like, fighting scenes that are a little longer. Like, that's basically it. Uh, that's pretty that, good. Like, that really weird transition just is like that in the manga. Including Eldrad's, like, first speech bubble about the core of the Arankar's power. It sh- It is on a panel with Grimjow's face. <laughs> That's that's pretty good. That's pretty uh, good. One thing that is really sick, though, is the panel where Ikaku shouts Bankai is, to this day, one of my favorite Bleach panels. Because it just looks... Like, like he looks like he has died and come back from hell. Yeah, it's... That is haunting. I love it. Uh, like, he... Specifically, he's drawn in a way that makes him appear, like, a lot bonier than usual. Um, like, his fingers are, like, long and kind of grotesque, uh, and his eyes are pure white, and he's just smiling, and it looks so good. It's so cool. I love it. So, I take it that's the end of the manga differences this week? That's the end of the differences. Uh, well, let's do it, then. Let's cut the break. Let's just cut to break. Let's get back into it with episode 119, Zoraki Division's secret story, The Lucky Men. <laughs> the episode begins with Ikaku walking around, I think it's the Rukon guy? I'm, I'm assuming? It's either the Rukon guy or it's the unnamed section of Soul Society that isn't the Rukon guy but is also not part of like the nobility area. Um, the uh, the wiki does say down a street in the Rukon guy. Fair enough. Uh, he's just want to fight. Yumichika asks him what he'll do when he runs out of people to fight, and he's just like, ah, we'll move on to the next area. It's fine. Uh, we see him <laughs> get into fights, beat the shit out of people. Eventually, he finds Yacharu, who's like, who's just like drawing with chalk on the ground, and she's like, hey, um, Ken Chan's in a good mood, so. You probably don't want to play with him or he'll kill you. Like, he can't control himself when he's in a good mood. So, two things here. Um, because Nova at this point was watching the episode with me, and I, I don't know if I've made it clear on this podcast before, Nova fucking loves Full Metal Alchemist, like, so much. Uh, upon seeing Yachiru drawing the circle before it was revealed that it was, in fact, Yachiru, <laughs> I just went, that's Edward Elric. <laughs> And they lost their mind because they were thinking the exact same thing. Because it, it, it's just her drawing a circle on the ground. 
the other thing, uh, Yumichiko looks fabulous. So, so fabulous. I, I don't understand how Yumichika has, like, such a cool, like, uh, like outfit when he's in the Rukan guy. Uh, yeah. The, the only thing I can imagine, uh, because otherwise we also run into, yet again, the whole, like, Oh yeah, Renji and Rukio were, like, some of the old people from the Rukan guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing I can imagine is that they're lowborn, like, not from nobility, but they're not from the Rukan guy. They just go to the Rukan guy to have fights. Uh. I, I think I think that is the case. Um, I, I had this very brief discussion with Nova because of Yumichka's look here. Uh, and as, as somebody who is trans, I feel somewhat qualified to make this call for an anime character and not a real person, obviously. Um, I, I think during this phase in Yubichka's life, uh, this is the point where he knew he was gay, but, like, in, in the way where he's like, well, I'm not gay, I'm just a woman. Uh, so I, I think at this phase in his life, he was identifying as, uh, a trans woman, and then later realized he was just hiding behind his own femininity and it's like wait no i'm just extremely gay dude and i think that's why why we got the yumichka we have today rather than this one who dresses extremely femininely yeah great hairstyle too like i I love this look on yumichka i I wish he'd kept it honestly (laughs) yes uh, it's a very very good look uh, anyway ikaku is is basically faced with the full strength of zoraki kapachi and he starts sweating bullets, but he doesn't run away, which Ikaki is like, oh, hell yeah, we can, I can finally have a fucking duel. Excellent. <laughs> Ikaku tells Yumichika not to help him, and he's like, well, obviously, like, who do you think of I am? Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm your boyfriend, like, I, I know how this goes already, but... <laughs> he's like, I'm your wife, why would I stop you from killing yourself? <laughs> God... Uh, so they start fighting, and uh, honestly, again, we get, like, some really quick, like, really cool motions from Ikaku as he's fighting with both his sword and sheath. But even though, he like, he's fighting with two things, and Zaraki just uses one hand on his sword, and Ikaku has a hell of a time blocking. Like, but- I love I love how they sell the weight of Kenpachi's strikes here. It's so good. Yeah, just the entire, like, segment is is really fun to watch. Uh, and it's the most fun that Ikaku's had since uh, he and Yubichika, like came to this region. So the fight continues for a while, both Zoraki and Ikaku just like smiling, and Yubichika's watching a little worried, and Yachiru's like, Oh, here it is, here comes the end. <laughs> He's gonna die. Rest in peace. <laughs> Zoraki himself is like, well, I had fun. Time to end it, and then he charges, slicing clean through Ikaku's blade. Bleeding out on the ground, Ikaku asks why Zoraki doesn't kill him, and the future captain is just like, uh, because that would be boring as shit? Like, seriously, it would be boring as shit. (laughs) So he tells Ikaku if he likes to fight, he shouldn't, like, ask for death when he loses. Instead, if he loses, as long as he lives... It's not a loss. It just means he was lucky. <laughs> so he tells them to live, get stronger, and take victory when you're stronger. So live and try to kill me again. 
And that was the moment Ikaku fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Yumichika, I'm sorry. I, there's somebody new in my life. <laughs> and then Yumichika's like, actually, you know, no, you know what, babe? I get it. Like, me too. <laughs> God. <laughs> Later, after he's healed, Ikaku wasn't able to find Zaraki anywhere, and eventually, there's like a, a there's like a little bit of a weird time skip, but we basically get Yubichika coming in, who's like, "Hey, did you hear? Like this Zaraki guy that we met a while ago, he is a captain now." <laughs> and he both sure of them is. are like, "Shit, let's. I guess. I guess we're gonna go have a look." And we cut to the 11th squad barracks, presumably a couple of days or weeks into the future. Um, with Zaraki and Yachiru showing up for their first day and the entire squad being like, what's... So a new captain is here. Yeah, new captain who killed the old captain. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and Zaraki just comes in and is like, I don't... I don't care what you think. I don't give a shit what you believe. Just be strong. Fuck the rest. I don't give a shit. It is the most Kenpachi. <laughs> that is all I have to say. It is the most Kenpachi. And then the pan the camera pans to the left and we see that Ikaku and Yumichika are dressed as soul reapers and are also in the room. And Ikaku's like, hey, I showed up just like you told me to. Like, I survived, bitch. God. So, uh, and this is why I think that there's, like, a couple of weeks between the two scenes, because I think the implication is, oh, Zaraki joined the Soul Society? Sure, we'll join the Soul Society. And then, because they aren't from Rukongai, which is still my assumption, they can actually just join the court guards as long as they show that they're competent swordsmen. Yeah, like, I, I, I think it definitely has something to do with that. Um, I definitely think it's probably been more than a few weeks, but, uh... You know, it, time skips unclear sometimes. Yeah, well, like, I think it's at least months between the fight and the meetup again. I think it's weeks between Ikaku being in the in the hospital or whatever, yeah. and then and them showing up to see Ika uh, Zaraki, just because the killing of the captain has already happened at that point. That makes sense. That makes sense. Then again, it's been months and so society still hasn't replaced their, like, three captains that defected, so who who the fuck knows? It, it has been 20 years! <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh, we cut to an indeterminate amount in the future where there's just, like, this large, like, hydra-like hollow that's killed a bunch of soul reapers and Zaraki steps in and he's going, like, hey, you two, instead of fighting that, like, take the wounded off the battlefield because they're gonna be in my fucking way. <laughs> Kenpachi be like, fight people, but only when it doesn't inhibit me fighting people. Exactly. So he, he jumps in, slices the monster, and then there's like a ton more that show up. And that's when Ikaku and Yumichika jump in, and all of them just make it a contest to see who can kill the the most hollows, and it's wholesome murder. Oh. It's <laughs> wholesome I do... murder, the subtitle for Bleach. And it's like, I really like this extension of... Because this is how they acted during the Rukia Retrieval arc. It starts with, oh, the captain might be in trouble. And then instead of going, like, the usual, oh, we should help him, like, with this fight, it turns into, don't hog all the fun. Also, we're going to take care of distractions so you can go all out. <laughs> so they're still helping him, but, like, in a way that won't... One, won't make him think that they're stealing any kills. And two is is more like 
yeah, we're not we're not helping you survive. We're just making it so you can go all out in your fight. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I like it. We cut forward again uh, where we get, like, Ikaku just horrified expression on his face as Reggie is bowing to him and asking to him to teach him how to fight. Uh, we see we learn this is, like, right after... It's after Reggie left Eisen Squad and went with Eleven Squad for a little bit. Before he was uh, Byakuya's, uh, in Byakuya Squad. So are, are you sure this is before he was in Byakuya? Uh, okay, yeah, no, you're right. It It's just the... Uh... His goal to beat Byakuya has been a thing since before he joined the court guards. Yeah, if that's it was what just, you're wondering about. <laughs> it was just unclear to me because I, I could have sworn at some point they mentioned like Aizen's betrayal. But it, it, it's it's more clear to me looking at the wiki that what they actually said, because my, my processing power of my brain likes to just fizzle sometimes. What they actually said was that uh, Reggie got in a fight. And Captain Sosuke Aizen put him in a punishment cell on his first day after he'd gotten into this massive fight with his teammates. Yeah, literally his first day on a job and he gets into a fight. Good job, Renji. Good job, Renji. So they're training together. Ren- like, Ikaku asks Renji why he's, you know, he's going through all this training and getting beat up all so much. And Renji's en- answer to surpass, so- he's trying to surpass someone stronger than him. Like, it resonates with Ikaku. They resume training. We cut into the future again uh, to be, to, it's like, it's the same place that they're at, but this time both of theirs and Bakudo are unleashed, and Ikaku tells Renji, he's taught him all he knows, like, this training stops here, this is the last time. Uh, Renji suspects that Ikaku knows Bankai, and Ikaku's like, no, yeah, but also don't fucking tell anyone. <laughs> like, do not. Absolutely do not. It, it, oh. it is it is a secret. Do not tell anybody. And then he he gives his like fight time introduction to Renji to make it clear that like we're not training together again. The next time we fight, it's because we're fighting to the death because I gave you my name. Like, <laughs> so stop coming to me to train. Uh, and you know, on Ikaku's side, he's he's saying this partly because he wants Renji to. Now that he's trained Renji to a certain amount, he wants Renji to, like, do the rest on his own so that people don't say that, like, oh, well, he's just, like, a second Ikaku or whatever. Yeah. I I really like during, like, all of this, like, um, I, I, I don't... Hold on. What? Oh, okay. I, you're probably just about getting there, but, you know... Because you love cutting off my paragraphs so much and saying what I'm about to say, I'm going to do that to you. I, I say yes. this as if it's a weird, disrespectful thing, but it's not. I really love that part of the reason uh, Ikaku like wants his Bankai hidden is specifically so people don't tell him to become a captain. Yeah. Like, we cut to the future again, and... Yeah, it, this time it's post Aizen betrayal. Renji's asking Ikaku, like, oh my god, you're the only fucking, you're the only other vice captain who has a Bankai. You have to become a captain. Fucking do it. And Ikaku's like, uh, fuck that. No. <laughs> I'm not telling anyone other than you and Yumichika, because then, like, everyone would be on my ass to make me a captain. And the reason he's not accepting that is that would mean that he can't fight under Zaraki. If Renji's wish is to surpass Byakuya, then Ikaku's wish is to fight under Zaraki until he dies. End of story. Never ask me again. Ever, 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 ever. 
he is he is born to live and die a subordinate <laughs> and i kind of love that for him honestly yeah finally we get back to the present day and we see one of ikaku's like there's the giant smoke in the air from the clash that they had at the end of the last episode we see one of ikaku's blades just like shoot out of the cloud fall to the ground and then we see just for a moment both combatants standing in the air after their last exchange ikaku swears falls from his position and moments later we see aldrad say ikaku i'm glad i asked for your name just as the camera reveals, like, this, just this massive chunk taking out of his body, and he falls too, presumably dead. Ikaku struggles for a little bit to crawl, and y- Yumichika finds him, having been confident he'd survive as the episode ends. It, it is really good. I really love how Edrad just, like, stands in the air, just, like, half of him gone, because I was just like, you good, bro? And then he fell down, and I'm like, oh, he's not good. He's not it's good. Like, it's like, oh no, he's he's not good at all. <laughs> so, what was the post-credits bit this time? The post-credits bit is a, it's the beginning of an arc that has Great. been going on for the past two months in the back of the manga chapters. <laughs> like, one corner panel at a time. And it's the story of how Khan takes over Hanataro's body and goes on an adventure. Uh, I here in the wiki it specifically says uh, his erotic conquest of soul society. Um, I'm I'm going to take it. It's not a good mini arc. Uh, would I be correct in assuming this? Well, it stars Khan and it lasts like several episodes. Great, perfect, exactly. What I don't suppose we can cut out the uh, the post credits bit for the next several weeks, can we? Absolutely not, because then we would be counting. We would be cutting out important Hanataro lore. Uh, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, we must go on. Uh, what were the manga differences this time? So this time around, there was normally most chapter, most of the episodes take place over the course of like three to five chapters, depending on how much fighting this is. This episode is one chapter. Oh wow! A single one. Uh, partly it's because almost every, like, most of the flashback scenes aren't there. They cu- like, they have a couple, but they cut most of them out. Like, they go from the fight, the, we don't see the fight against Zoraki. We see the aftermath of it. And then it goes from that to, directly to, um, Renji asking him to be a captain. That's so weird. So it cuts out almost everything. Um, but one thing they do also do is the last scene of the episode, like where Eldrad is like, good thing you told me your name, yada, 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 that he like, ro- his eyes roll back and he falls down. And then we see um, uh, like that bit, that happens before the flashback. Like we know that the that Eldrad is dead before we do the flashbacks. That's... But the thing they do is, and I'm going to paste a couple of uh, images in the chat for you, is they show us Eldrad, like, they show us Ikaku falling, they show us Eldrad falling, then they show us Ikaku, like, gripping his weapon and starting to crawl, and then they transition with into Ikaku crawling after Zoraki. That's... It's just, it's incredibly That's... sick. <laughs> that is so good. 
Oh my god. That is really, really fucking good. And then we basically get a single page of that exchange between him and Zoraki. And then you turn the page and it's Zoraki's response, Ikaku's like shocked face to be at like this this point of view and then it immediately cuts again to just him telling Renji no you like we don't even get the question until after afterwards it's just he immediately starts with no sorry go ask someone else that it's i i was worried it was going to feel like really weird and stilted when you told me they cut out most of it but this is actually really good i really like i i really like how cinematic these pages feel it it's really good yeah, like the like the episode is fun and good and like I had a blast watching it, but then I read the manga and I was like, God damn <laughs> Good shit. Sometimes the manga good. Sometimes the manga good. And uh, that's pretty much it for the the changes. Well, that was that was an interesting one actually. Um not that they are uninteresting usually, just that one was particularly interesting. Uh, I guess I, as always, I, I am doing this with a hint of reluctance, uh, but I, I guess we should end the episode. Uh, you can find our show on Twitter at BleachCast. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 let it be known. That was a dramatic pause. That was not me. Okay. No, that, that I, I have fooled you. This was a ruse. I did temporarily forget the name like the Twitter handle we go by that I have used for every fucking episode. I, I, I forgot it for a, a second there and had to think about it because I didn't want to say at lavender underscore pause, which is where you can find me on Twitter at. And you can find me at SSB SLJ. Oh my God. We, we've done it. We've, <laughs> we've successfully started ending the episode and we are ending, ending the episode with me saying, thank you for listening as always. I hope you have a great week. Stay cool, Chads. Kind of rough, but not all talk. Their skills are for real. I I thought you were talking about me for a second. And I was like, wow, harsh. And then, you know, it it, it flipped around. It flipped around. And, you know, I'll take it. I I will assume this is still about me. (laughs) 